Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you condescend to work in our lives, Lord. Who are we but dust? But, Lord, you are eternal, and you work your purposes through us and in us. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk for a little bit this morning about purpose and God's purpose for our lives. God has a purpose for your life. Amen? That's good news. Amen. You're not an accident. The things that happen in your life that are accidents, God will work for good. Amen? I was thinking about a time, uh, and I'll, I'll borrow uh, Pastor Tommy Barnett's phrase, I was down and out on Van Buren Avenue. I mean, over Van Buren Avenue is over here. I used to live over there with my mother. And I had just, uh, well, I had tried college, I think, three times, maybe four. Didn't work out. I had tried maybe four or five jobs. Didn't really work out. I had tried uh, different relationships that didn't work out. Um, I had tried uh, family. That didn't work out either. My parents had just um, had a terrible divorce. And I was living on, on Van Buren Ave, and I had one thing going for me. I, I had been to Teen Challenge years previous, but I had recommitted my life to Jesus. And I said, God, I don't know what you want to do with my life. I don't know where my life is going. I'm living here with my mom. I'm, I, I was working as a, as a teacher's assistant at Stroud Junior High School. And I had just started coming to church. And I remember uh, Pastor Ned and Sue shared with me a, a, a CD. It was a, a Hillsong CD. And there was a song on there. Uh, and Actually, the whole CD. And my mother and I, mom started coming to church. And we would just play that CD in the morning while we were getting ready to go to work. She was a teacher there. And hope would just begin to spring up in me. Um, I don't know why, but I knew, um, even just working this job, not knowing where it was going, that God was working in my life. I woke up uh, every morning, and I just, um, I can't say I didn't feel at all depressed or have any questions, but I just knew that God was doing something in my life, that God was with me, and that I was going somewhere, so to speak. Amen? When God comes into our lives, we have purpose, and he, he himself, the Bible says, is our portion. So we have him, amen? So I knew that even though um, things didn't look good, that I had God in my life, and all of a sudden I started to be happy. I started to feel happy uh, because I knew that there was a sense of purpose in my life. Now, um, do you know that God knows us better than we know ourselves, amen? The Bible says in Psalm 139, if you want to go there with me. In verse 16, Psalm 139 and verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance, the Bible says, 
being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. So notice that God's plan, and I'll use that word plan to go along with purpose, God's purpose for our lives are pre-written. I'll give you a companion scripture in Acts chapter 17, in verse 26. The Bible says that he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. So notice that there are pre-appointed times, as the text says. Leave it up there. There are pre-appointed. In other words, God has set a time for my life from beginning to end, and he knows what's going to happen in that time. Now, I just want to quickly insert that there is the, what the Bible calls the perfect will of God. Amen? Amen? When we get to heaven, we're going to say, God, I did this for you, and I did this for you, and I tried real hard, and I did this. And, and God's going to say, okay, but this is what I had planned for you, right? And he's going to say, now you got this much of that, and that's good. But, and I want to thank you for your efforts. You were so well-intentioned. But if you would have just humbled yourself and let the grace of yielding come in and say, God, I'm not going to take the initiative. I want you to take the initiative, and I want you to show me what you want me to do. How many know that Jesus was not a man that took the initiative? When he was walking the earth, he said, whatever I see the Father do, I do in like manner. He said, the Son can do nothing of himself. Now, I can brush my teeth by myself. I don't, I don't need a word from the Lord for that. Amen. I showered. I can do that by myself. All right. Now, I mean, no, we're talking about things of spiritual significance. Things that God would want us to do. Jesus said the Son can't do anything of himself but what he sees the Father do. What he sees the Father do, he does in like manner. And then the Bible says, and this is, we don't have this one. It's John 5, 20. Jesus says the Father loves the Son. And the Father shows the Son all things that he himself does and greater than these. I mean, God loves us. It's the love of God that God says, listen, I want to share my plans and my purpose for your life with you so that you can walk in them. They're fit for you. The purposes God has for us are according to our bent, you might say. They're according to the gifts that God has for us. And I, I guess... You know, I'll use my son as an example. This morning, he was in the kitchen, and I, and I said, what are, you, what are you doing? You know, we're getting ready to go to church, and he likes to cook. And he said, I, I'm making, what are those things called? Splat, splat bomb bullets. Splat bullets. I mean, he's making ammo. I'm like, what? He's making, uh, not real ammo. <laughs> They're these little things. You put water in them, and they go in these guns, and they, you know, they shoot the targets. Well, he has this problem-solving ability. And we've probably said it, I don't know how many times, just in the past month. You know, John, you have an ability to solve problems. He's very tactile. He's very hands-on. He, he's a good cook, you know. I think that maybe that might have something to do with what God does with him in his future, amen? amen. God knows the things 
that we're good at. God knows the way he created us. And he'll use that for his glory to build his kingdom for his purposes. Amen? The Bible says that our, in Psalm 16, and we have it here. You don't have to go to it. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You uphold or maintain my lot. How many know my lot is referring to a space, maybe a boundary? The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Why don't we say that together? Yes, I have a good inheritance. Amen. Who is maintaining this lot, this space, this plan, this boundary? Who's the captain of this ship? God is. When we let him. When we let him. Amen. You know, the Bible says that in Ephesians 2.10, where his workmanship or his handiwork, the Bible says, were created in Christ for good works, which God prepared when? Ephesians 2.10. God prepared them beforehand. Say beforehand. You know, this takes the pressure off. You say, you know, I want to I please God. And one of, the, one of the greatest things that we could do, and, and I believe the most fulfilling thing we could do on the earth, is to find God's purpose for our life and walk in it. And please him. Our purpose pleases God. And God wants our greatest aim to be to please him. And you know how, you know, I've, I've heard uh, Timothy Keller call it the, the upside down kingdom. I've heard Derek Prince call, you know, the way up is down. What are people in the world after? They're after pleasing themselves. And he got it exactly backwards. When your number one aim is to please yourself, you're going to be unhappy. When hands are, when, when palms are up, but when palms are down and we're willing and able to do the Father's purpose, that's when we find real peace and contentment, when we're operating in God's purpose and plan. Amen? There are, um, I believe, five aspects, this isn't an exhaustive list, of God's purpose for our life, and they all start with a P. Number one, the place. God might have a location, a journey, a region, a company, a church, an organization, a specific place or location where your purpose is related to. Secondly, God may have a, 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 a P, the second P is people. God might have a, a, a people group that you are called to be with, work with, spend time with. The third is a position. Maybe God has a purpose for you to have a specific rank or a specific role. You're wired a certain way to play that job title. Maybe God has leadership in mind for you. The fourth, and I, had, I, I felt like I'd go either way with this one, practical or posture. Sometimes God's purpose for our life is very practical. It's not like you've read in some book where someone had a vision and, and God led them to a certain place or God led them to a certain people or God even had a specific title for it. But I'm a servant of God 
and I'm operating in the practical, and I just have a posture right now as I go about my day, as I go about my family, my daily responsibilities, knowing that I'm fulfilling the purpose of God in my life. It might not glitter, but I've got his presence. I know I'm going somewhere. Amen? And the last P is process. God's purpose is sometimes a process. It's not always, well, this is a a very specific thing, and and I'm just going to, for the rest of my life, this is going to be it. How many know, listen, God's calling on your life can be multifaceted. Look at the Apostle Paul. In his own words, he says, I'm a preacher. He had, I believe, five. I'm a preacher. I'm an apostle. I'm a teacher. I'm a tent maker. I'm a letter writer. Right? He had... by my count, maybe you can come up with more, five different purposes that God used him to do in the church. God can use us in different ways and in different seasons of our lives. How many want to be used by God? Amen? I, um, you know, God wants us to be useful in his kingdom. And I believe that there's a cry in our hearts to be useful for the kingdom of God. There's something crying out in us that says, God, I want to please you with the purpose that you have for me. I want to give you glory because you saved me and you love me. And you called me. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 8, 9 that God saved us and he called us. We have that one. Let's put it up. That God saved us and God called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all of eternity. When God put Adam in the garden, he gave him something to do. He said, Adam, this garden, your job. Get to work. Amen? Now, there's nothing wrong with a vacation, a time of seeking God, but God wants us to be useful in his kingdom. This is a poem that I used to use for, uh, to teach to my ninth graders. Love it. To Be of Use by Marge Piercy. The people I love the best jump into work head first without dallying in the shallows and swim off with sure strokes almost out of sight. They seem to become natives of that element, the black, sleek heads of seals bouncing like half-submerged balls. I love people who harness themselves, an ox to a heavy cart, who pull like water buffalo with massive patience, who strain in the mud and the muck to move things forward, who do what has to be done again and again. I want to be with people who submerge in the task who go into the fields of harvest and work in a row and pass the bags along, who are not parlor generals. Um, A little foreign to us. A parlor general is somebody that's in charge of the fun. (laughs) Field deserters, but move in a common rhythm when the food must come in or the fire be put out. The work of the world is common as mud. It smears the hands, it crumbles to dust. But a thing worth doing well done has a shape that satisfies. The pitcher cries for water to carry and a person for work that is real. The pitcher, and I'll just use that last metaphor, 
is crying out for water. We're crying out in our spirits to know and to walk in God's purpose. Say, God, how, how can I achieve that? You know, God told Abraham, listen, I'll make you into the father of many nations. I'm going to do it. Jesus told his disciples, I'll make you fishers of men. I'll do it. When you follow me, I'm going to make you into the man that I, or the woman that I've called you to be. So how do we find it? I, I really feel like the most important thing for us to do is to spend time seeking God so that we're perfectly aligned with his purpose for our life. We have to know clearly what he wants for us, his plan for us. And sometimes we can reevaluate. Paul told Jesus, excuse me, Paul told the church, test yourselves that you're in the faith. Self-examine yourselves. Now he's talking about conduct there, but we can reevaluate. We can say, God, how am I doing? Have I strayed? Is this what you want me into? Sometimes we can get into things that God doesn't want us into. I, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday, so I'll tell a football story. My son was, um, we were in, a fa- we're in a fantasy football league, we were, and um, his, his cousin sent him a, a trade in, in fantasy football. You want to know who it was? It was actually, it was Saquon Barkley and Stefan Diggs for Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Aaron Jones. Now, he had Saquon and Stefan Diggs. So he texted me and he said, you know, Dad, what do you think? You know, Josh is offering me, you know, these three guys for these two. And I said, don't do it. Don't do it. Those two guys are on fire right now. The New York teams are killing it. Text me back. Too late. I already did it. Can I tell you what, though? Debo and Christian McCaffrey are on the San Francisco 49ers. I said, you know what? I'm rooting for the 49ers the rest of this year. I'm now a 49ers fan. You want to know why? Because that's my son. Because even though he makes mistakes, come on, even though his heart was right, he said, oh, this is a good trade. He didn't check with dad. He didn't seek the father. He didn't say, you know what, maybe I ought to ponder this before I make this big decision about my future. He said, this is fantasy football. What's bigger than that? (laughs) Come on, I mean, there's Jesus, and then there's, you know, football, all right? Come on. He didn't seek the Father. But as his dad, I was, you know, know, what is wrong? You know, I knew that I couldn't, you know, no, no. I said, go 49ers. And when you make a mistake with your purpose in your life, God is rooting for you and he is waiting for a way to work it back around to cause all things to work together for good because he's not done with your purpose when you make a mistake. He still can work that purpose for good in your life. And you know what? He, he called me and he said, oh, dad, you know, you want to, just real funny. I actually, I don't know why, I was texting with Josh too. And I sent my nephew the same message. Don't do it. Bad trade. He goes, this is me, Uncle Darren. (laughs) So I didn't mean to do that. But anyway, I think it all worked out. Neither one of them won the league anyway. So we need to live on purpose. Amen? 
God has a purpose for my life, so I need to live on purpose. I need to be intentional about what I'm doing in my Christian life, knowing that the first order of business is to work for God's kingdom and build his kingdom on the earth. And I want to be very clear, that doesn't necessarily mean that you work in ministry. Whatever you're doing, when you're walking with God and you know he's in it, he's leading you, he's guiding you, you are a kingdom builder because you are walking and following Jesus. We have to guard against passivity. Paul told, warned Timothy, he said, watch out for the spirit of fear or intimidation that wants to kind of keep you pulling back a little bit because I want to remind you that God's given you three things to fulfill your purpose, Timothy. I've got three mighty weapons for you to fulfill your purpose. Number one, I've given you power. Second Timothy 1.7, I think it is. I think we have that. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. I've given you power to fulfill your destiny. Number two, I've given you love to fulfill your destiny. The love of God is in your heart. And number three, I've given you sound mind and judgment by the spirit of God, amen? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. God says, listen, you're, I, you're not gonna be some confused person out there. No, 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 no. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. Your mind now is the mind of Christ. These are the things that are going to help you achieve your purpose in your life. So guard against that passivity. Guard against that fear that wants you to be passive and shrink back. Somebody say, keep going. Keep going. Amen. Now, I, I, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to take too long. I know you all have to go home and get ready for the Super Bowl. I guess I kind of felt like maybe, and Pastor Ned we talked about it earlier. I felt like there were a couple of parts to this as God leads. But let me just identify a few other aspects of our purpose. Your purpose is connected to people. Amen? We're called to serve with one another. Specifically, the people of God. The Bible tells us that David in Acts 13.36 served his own generation by the will of God before he fell asleep and was buried. God, so number one, our purpose is related to people. We do it together. And our purpose is related to serving. You say, I want the highest purpose there is in the kingdom. I want to be top notch. I want people waiting on me hand and foot. Bling. Jesus said the greatest servant Excuse me, the greatest among you is the servant. He says, if you want to get happy and you want to make the Father happy, man, just find somebody to serve. It'll bring you joy. Well, I'm awfully depressed lately. That's the ticket out. That's the way out. Get outside of yourself and serve somebody else's need. Help somebody. Call somebody. Encourage them in the Lord. And finally, I, I just want to... How many of you saw the, uh, we'll stick to football, remember, most important here. How many of you saw the NFL honors uh, when they had DeMar Hamlin come up and, and they honored him, they honored um, all the team of doctors that had helped him in his journey? And he got up, he had actually very few things to say, but he honored God, he's a Christian. He honored God. And he, he commented that he really felt like 
what had happened to him was related to the, a prayer he prayed even before he started his career. He said, I believe that God has me here for his glory. I believe that there's a purpose for my life. And even though this happened, I don't think it's over. In fact, I think it might even, God will work it to be related to giving him glory and having purpose in my life. Amen? So even though there are hindrances, that God can still work it for good. But finally, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us. Uh, and I wonder if we could put that up. It's an important one. 2 Corinthians 2.5. And while he's going there, I want to read to you. We might have it. Hebrews 9.27. There's two appointments you're never going to be late for or miss in life. Can't get out of them. Hebrews 9.27. And it is appointed for men to die once. And after this, the judgment. We're all going to die and stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And Jesus, now I'm talking to people that have received Christ and been born again and had their sins forgiven. These are the people that are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The people that don't know Christ and that are subject to eternal damnation, punishment for sin, rejection of Christ and the truth, will stand before the great white throne. But we're still going to stand before Jesus. And you know what he's going to say? What did you do with what the, the purpose that I had for your life? Do you remember the, the parable of the steward with the talents? There was a day of reckoning. The owner came back and he said, listen, I gave this to you and I gave this to you. I'd like to see what you've done with it. And this is a challenging idea right here and it's for me too. I don't mean to preach at you. Maybe a little bit. What are we doing with what God's given us to bring him glory? Amen? Because the Bible says he's going to evaluate our lives at the, at the judgment seat. And I want, I, I, I'm sure you do too, the Bible, we want to be pleasing. We want to see, I want him to say, I really, oh, I had this for you. You, you just, I couldn't get it over to you. You were so busy doing this. God help us. Say God help us. Amen. Holy Spirit help us. And it's all about Jesus, by the way. The Father sent the Son to the earth with a purpose. And we only find our true purpose when we receive the Son. When we receive Him and come into Him, that's the open door where the shepherd now can lead us into our purpose. Amen? And I think I've gone far enough. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Father, for the plans that You have for us, for the purpose that You have for us. And I want to be careful not to sell this. I think I've done that before. This isn't some great deal that God's offering us for our benefit. Although it will be beneficial for us. God's not trying to trick us into following him by giving us all these things. It's going to be hard. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require commitment. It's going to require most of all love and gratitude for the one that saved us and wanting to please him. It's going to require self to sit down a little bit so Jesus can rise up a little bit. Amen.
Lord, let your interests be chief in, in our minds and our hearts. I know I need to repent, Father. So, Father, we just examine our hearts for the purposes, for the things that you want for us every day. Thank you, God, for your mercy, for the gentle way that you lead us and remind us that you do indeed have a purpose for our lives and that we will stand before you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.